Chairperson, Honorable Ministers, Dr. President, Honorable Deputy Ministers, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee of on the Police, Ms. Tina Jumat, and all other members, Honorable Ministers, Members of the Parliament, of Entities, the Organized Labour, Ladies and Gentlemen, San Bonani, Tumelang, Mulwain, Kimasiari, Good Afternoon, Kuemeda, Abshen. Allow me to convey safety and security greetings to all honorable members and to, and, and to fellow South Africans who are connecting through different visual platforms. Indeed, the fourth industrial revolution collided with many of us. The thought of presenting the budget vote visual in 2020 never crossed my mind, but this is now the reality that we must embrace as we continue to fulfill our fundamental mandate as directed by the Section 205 of the Constitution. Honorable members, political intellectual Franz Fernand in his book, The Ranch of the Earth, argued that, I quote, each generation must discover its mission, fulfill it or betray it in a relative opposite, unquote. The year 2020 has given our generation at all levels an intricate mission to discover and I would like to call upon all law enforcement officers in this country, all leaders in different fraternities, all strategic partners, and most importantly, our communities to hold hands and pledge to fulfill this mission and never betray it. It is, it is on that score that I dedicate this budget vote again to the fight against gender-based violence. On the same note, I also want to dedicate this budget vote to our men and women in blue who are deployed in the frontline service during this deadly pandemic. This is why the second theme of this budget vote is focused on policing in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Honorable members, we find ourselves in a quagmire where crisis policing against an invisible enemy implies the constant shifting of goalposts between law enforcement and, res and respect for civil liberties. It is in this context that our policing discipline becomes more critical in ensuring that our fight against COVID-19 is both constitutionally compliant and consistent with the public good. This reaffirms my concurrence with the writer Papias Suras when he says, I quote, anyone can hold the helm when the sea is is calm, unquote. The seas these days are anything but calm. In some places, the waters are downright angry, but those police leaders who hold the helm must keep the ship righted, its crew safe and well cared for, and working together to, the move, the to, to move the vessel steadily on the desired direction. The seas will come one, once again, but for now, the sailing is going to be difficult and rough. Chairperson, allow me to table the, the SEPS budget breakdown per program to make visible the initial budget allocation and the adjusted budget allocated. Uh, for the sake of time, Chair, I will only give the adjusted budget, which program one administration, that is 20.1 million, program two, that is 57 million, Program three is, is 20, 
billion, not million, 20 billion. Program four, 4.4 .4 billion. Program five, 3.3 .3 billion. Altogether, it has moved from one point, it has moved from 101.7 billion to 105.4 billion. Honorable members, the COVID-19 era has drastically redefined traditional policy. Social distancing is the new normal, normal effecting and the rest and deployment of community service centers suddenly demands a different standard operating procedures. All men and, and women in blue in the Republic of South Africa collided with a 360 degrees turn of events and had to adjust while focused on serving and protecting the nation. When the whole world pressed for the reset button, policing continued. When the world economies collapsed, policing continued. When business closed down, policing con continued. When everyone was locked down in their homes, policing continued and they were called out there. When news of police officers who were arrested for wrongdoing, policing continued. When the invisible enemy attacked everyone, including police officers armed with their protection gear, policing continued. When 10,077 of police officers are infected and or affected, policing continued. When over 95, over 95 police have lost their lives, policing is continuing. If this is indeed the mission of this generation of police officers that Frank Fanon narrated, then it is the mission we are prepared to fulfill and never betray. One day this is will come and the police flag will fly high in the name of the dignified blue. Chairperson, the police management has worked tirelessly in ensuring that the morale and the well-being of the members of the South African police is prioritized during this period and beyond. Hence, a decision to elevate access to health and <clears throat> wellness of our members who are infected and affected together with their families. To this end, and the estimated of 3.7 billion in addition of 1.1 billion reprioritized for the baseline has been allocated to respond to the COVID-19 and related mandates while prioritizing the following. Polmet has organized private facilities to serve as an isolation site for the SEPs members and their, and their, and their dependents. Training colleges are in process of being converted to to quarantine sites, especially in four provinces that we have a problem. Identify academies are in the process of being operationalized by appointment in order to accommodate members of, securi of security cluster who test positive for COVID-19. Bishop Levis College has been converted in Western Cape. Compulsory counseling session to all affected members. Adequate supply for personal protective uh, equipment, PPEs, and any shortage in this regard are being addressed with the agency deserves. Continuous visual training of the police is continuing. Honorable members, all of these above interventions and more are necessary for the effective and efficient policing under such challenge circumstances. The, the leadership must always strike a balance as police officers serve and protect their working condition must be equally conducive and favorable. Police officers remain the, the number one asset of the organization. Without them, there is no policing on organization. Again, we must all be reminded that 
when the call of duty throws them in the deep end, when crime fighting pushes them against the storm, when they are collided with the hail of bullets from armed and dangerous criminals. The oath of office will be their defense. The core mandate of fighting crime must continue as we work towards achieving the set target of having violent crimes in the next decade. Therefore, enforcement operation will intensify during this period of the national state of disaster. Conducting of static roadblocks on the national roads will continue. Conducting of vehicle checkpoints of provincial roads will continue. Conducting of high visibility patrols will continue. Designated investigation capacity will be increased. Implementing of objects of policing according to the section 205 sub 3 will continue. Meanwhile, the civilian secretariat for police service in enhancing the oversight role have partnered with the SEPs and have thus embarked on the joint COVID-19 public education and awareness campaign to facilitate the involvement of the community uh, community safety forum and community and community policing forum. Gender based violence has been one of those sketch. Malumatron Peggy Le Parliament Again, we can have a new laul. Song a session as we live in a city. Ocho Gomez, Abes Fazan, Nesingani, Ocho Gomez, I see the song. Imperial is Kilam Kuba is Jungula, Sipin, the Zibula, Abes Fazan, Nesingan, Bazo Shangan, and the Nyoga, Epuza, Mutosi, Akfanelis Banide, Ituban, Nan. Far too often, women are being murdered by those they love and trust. Their children are not spared, nor are their unborn children. Their lives are ended in the most brutal way. Chairperson, I repeat, there are far too many women killed in South Africa, many by people known to them. Some of the, some of the names of these women are contained in the Fallen Angels list compiled by Miss Cindy September. I would really like to honor Miss September. The activist took it upon herself to put together the list from testimonies of family members who tragically lost their loved ones. The Fallen Angel list contains over 700 names and the number keeps growing daily of those that have perished, most of them in the hands of the know. This includes the recent four women at Umzumbe that are victims of the serial killer that we are chasing. Chairperson, for the past two years, I've been dedicating this budget vote to the gender-based violence and crimes against women and children. Once again, this year budget vote is dedicated to TPV. The accelerating scourge of gender-based violence is affecting everyone, both young and old. We should all agree this is societal challenge that needs all of us to deal with it decisively. It cannot be police alone. I repeat, gender-based violence is a responsibility for everybody. Hence, I also call on gender activists to work with existing structures to solidify the fight of crime against women and children. Government under the leadership of His Excellency, Excellence President Cyril Ramaphosa has elevated the GPV and placed it as a priority matter in this administration. Hence, an interministerial committee led by Minister of Women, Honorable Maite Mkwan Mashabane, has been tasked with implementation plan to integrate approach of government in addressing the scourge. 
in responding to the GPV, SEPS has prioritized the resourcing of the Family Violence and Child Protection Sexual Offense, FCS. During the 2019-20 financial year, operational expenditure that includes goods and services, vehicle procurement, as well as other equipment such as cellular phones to the amount of 184 million allocated to this unit. And these things were intact. In addition to the aforementioned steps embarked on awareness campaign for vulnerable groups and procured various evidence collection kits of which, of which some are directly linked to GBV. In addition, in 2019-2020, financially evidence collection kits to the value of 120 million were centrally procured and distributed to the stations. During the same year, financial year, the same emphasis will be placed on the FCS units and GPV with additional 15 million to be prioritized towards the direct resources of these units in terms of goods and services, vehicles procurement to improve the efficiency of this unit. After a two week long, after a two week long battle in the ICU fighting for his life, after his positive diagnosis of COVID-19 various, he recovered, reported back to his post where secured 15 life sentences and 30 years imprisonment for a 66 year old serial killer. This is a story of the, of the member of the South African police, uh, NS Fissel, who didn't, who didn't let his COVID status to, 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 didn't let the COVID to take his opportunity of doing his work, of sending the 66-year-old Parker to 15 life sentences and 30 years more extra. There's been a significant progress in capacitating FCS units across the country and training of more females to work in the units, which are the first point of call for many women who are victims of domestic violence. Training more women to check on this gender-based violence does not necessarily mean that this is a women's issues only. That's the section of, of, of the society that must change. The issue is about them. The issue is not about women. Women are the victims here, and the men must take a full responsibility in dealing with this issue. To date, 312 of the, of, of the new members have been recruited to be trained for, for, for these FCS units to join 185 of these, uh, of, of these units in the country. To this end, we are regularly monitoring the operation of these uh, of these uh, of these units uh, around uh, around the country. Lastly, on the subject, honourable members, the tide must change on how we respond to GPV matters. The victim of GPV should not be the ones. I want to repeat this point and read it very slowly. Lastly, on these subjects, honorable members, the tide must change. 
on how we respond on GPV matters. The victims of GPV should be the ones forced, should not be the ones forced to flee their homes to seek places of safety. Chairperson, it's a time that perpetrators of the victims must be taken away from their homes and the victims must stay in their homes. Honorable members, allow me to give a summary of achievements relation to the pronouncement made on the previous budget vote. Promotion of members has, has been achieved and will be promoting the last batch of, of this year. Western Cape, we have tried to work with the lockdown there, making sure that we are we are creating the safety environment for our communities, especially most vulnerable communities like Nyanga, Delft, Kailisha, Philip East, Harare, and Kokuletu. We will be establishing this uh, the detective academy. The deputy minister will speak will speak more uh, on those on on, on those. Uh, measures. Chairperson, the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, DPCI, known as OPS, is responding to the call by the President to have violent crime in the next decade. DPCI continues to make significant progress in this regard. During 2019, the, 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 the National Priority uh, uh, Crimes formed an integral part of Operation Cont Canoling to normalize this and stabilize cash and transit in four troublesome provinces that would be Houten, Northwest, Limpombo, and Pumalanga. During February 2020, this IT stabilization operation was relaunched to cap the spark in the, in, in the CIT. South African Narcotics Enforcement Bureau SANEP within the DPCI during the period 2019 2020 achieve the following operation successes in addressing the illicit drugs supply chain. Total arrests, 270, uh, 270, total convictions, 83. Estimated value of drugs seized is 1.2 billion. Gypsy, together with the crime intelligence, are taking this fight beyond our borders. Together, they have developed a comprehensive approach to address the full spectrum of the drug supply chain ranging from the illicit cultivation, production, trafficking drug couriers and drug outlets and the machines. Honorable Minister. Yes, sir. Your time is now expired. Your time yes, is expired. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. La, la. The next speaker is the Honorable Jumat Peterson. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members of the House, Honorable Ministers and Deputy Ministers, National Commissioner, all members of the security cluster of policemen and women in particular. Allow me to pay tribute to the late Honorable Pindile Mola, who was a dedicated and committed member of the Select Committee on Security and Justice. She played an integral role in the passing of this adjustment budget. May her dear soul rest in peace. Allow me also to pay tribute to our stalwart and struggle icon, Mtate Andrew Mlangeni. This is what he said in 2012. We fought precisely for the right to strike, to demonstrate, to march in designer or just plain tackies. 
to voice our grievances as loudly as possible. Whatever else anyone may say about it, the ANC is the legitimate government of South Africa. And it, it does govern because the majority of voters want it to govern. Honorable Chairperson, on behalf of the Portfolio Committee on, on Police, I wish to thank all our policemen and women who risk their lives on a daily basis to protect our country and her people during the national state of disaster. As our Honorable President seeks to identify economic interventions to stimulate our economy through an economic reconstruction, growth and transformation plan, we need to understand that crime is the single largest threat to our, our, our future economic growth. Poverty is not a crime. Hunger is not a crime. But poverty and hunger lead to crime. The ideals of our people as enshrined in the Freedom Charter and our Constitution must be realized. Our goals cannot be advanced, deepened or defended without a significant advancement of ordinary people's safety and security. Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the COVID-19 pandemic has had an unprecedented effect on all our people. Policing had to adapt to this pandemic. We have to provide our police officers as frontline workers with the necessary support to ensure that they are able to enforce the national state of disaster regulations with the necessary care and empathy that our people deserve. The COVID-19 pandemic has placed an additional burden on the limited resources of the department. Many of our people have a toxic relationship with alcohol. The further suspension of the sale of alcohol during the lockdown period will go a long way in reducing violent crimes, especially crimes against women and children. We welcome the additional appropriation of 3.7 billion rand from the National Treasury, which is allocated to bolster visible policing. Honorable Chairperson, we need to be serious when we address the safety and security of our women, children and LGBTQI community. Our president listed gender-based violence and femicide as a twin pandemic to COVID-19. The precarious economic position of women in our country is primarily at the root cause of the scourge of gender-based violence. The strategic objective of building sustainable communities and sustainable households through an effective and comprehensive social security system will assist our country in dealing with all forms of violence and abuse. The African National Congress supports measures to ensure the effectiveness and independence of police oversight mechanisms. We have always noted that we want an independent IPID. One of the questions that we must pose and answer is to what extent our people have confidence in our police service. We need a strong IPID which can investigate any form of criminality and misconduct by the police. The committee was unanimous in its decision to amend the IPUT Act. IPUT should also have a full jurisdiction over all different units of policing, including Metro Police and traffic officials. The Portfolio Committee on Police denounced the city of Cape Town's law enforcement actions of evicting a naked man in Kailicha, Cape Town. The actions of the law enforcement officers were appalling and unwarranted and especially during this time of lockdown. The city of Cape Town and the actions were not in keeping with the Constitution and the Police Act, which governs the work of police at municipal levels. Today, earlier today, the police flooded a local internet cafe with a water cannon in Baitankan Street, 
while dispersing protesters who were marching to raise awareness about the plight of hospitality industries declining revenues amid the COVID-19 lockdown. We call on IPA to investigate this matter immediately. In conclusion, Chairperson, we are all required to play our part and we know that with strong oversight and scrutiny, we will be watching how the department implements community safety within its budget. Our police are our frontline workers in fighting this pandemic. Several police have lost their lives and some have contracted the virus. We wish to convey our sincerest condolences to the families of our frontline workers who lost their lives during their line of duty. We wish those who are infected by the virus a speedy recovery. We thank the minister and his team for their hard work and tenacity in the fight to combat crime and to save lives. We thank our parliamentary staff who work tirelessly to ensure the success of our work. This budget will go a long way in making our police officers safer in the execution of their duties. The African National Congress supports the adjustment budget both in date. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Whitfield. House Chairperson, in 1998, former President Nelson Mandela addressed a summit on rural safety and security in Midrand, where he said, and I quote, the government deplores the cold-blooded killings that have been taking place on the farms in the past few years. It threatens to bring reduced growth or production, loss of wages and profits, and in time, unemployment. It brings the specter of deepening poverty and potential social instability and upheaval. For all these reasons, we must stop these killings at once, and we must act together in doing so, for there is no other way to succeed." End quote. 22 years ago, our president stood up and provided leadership on difficult issues. He confronted with tremendous courage the harsh realities of a complex nation and had the foresight to appreciate the implications for our economy and our food security if our farmers feel unsafe. President Mandela understood why rural safety must be a priority. Today, we have a president who is in complete and utter denial on the issue of rural safety. He is a president who says that there are no farm murders in South Africa with his head buried deeply in the blood-stained sand. Mr. President, take your head out of the sand and lead. Our children are eating wild plants and leaves to survive in the Eastern Cape. Let our farmers feed them without the fear that they will be attacked or killed. Farm attacks and murders must once again be treated as a priority. And if the president won't lead, perhaps our Minister of Police will do something. He seems to be calling all the shots anyway. Minister, it is time to reclassify farm attacks and murders as priority crimes so that SAPs can, through a well-resourced and coordinated strategy, start to disrupt the criminal networks responsible for these heinous crimes and transition from reaction to prevention. The success of this strategy will be determined by the reintroduction of fully outfitted, specialized units dedicated to protecting our rural communities and apprehending any attackers who get onto a farm or small holding to attack and steal. The minister has already expressed his concern about farm murders and the National Police Commissioner has already agreed to provide more funding to support rural safety. But what we really need is less words and more urgent action to put an end to the brutal killings and attacks in our rural communities. Let us work together to make this the year we turned the tide on rural crime. We need a budget that will bolster our crime intelligence networks and strengthen the investigative capacity of SAPs. This budget should be supporting more boots on the ground and drones in the sky in rural areas 
not deploying water cannons and riot police on tourism business owners protesting peacefully outside their parliament. Minister, you are criminalizing the wrong people. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is Honourable Montwedi. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, greetings to the Commander-in-Chief, uh, officials of the EFF, fighters and commissars. Uh, Chairperson, we are in the middle of both a health and a leadership crisis in this country. The latter is more dangerous than the former. While COVID is a global pandemic, it is the actions of local leadership that will ultimately determine if nations do actually overcome the crisis wrecked on the world by COVID-19. What the crisis has brought to the fore in South Africa is the painful reality some of us have always known that we do not have leaders in government in the country. We merely have pretenders, people who are there only to pursue the interests of those who fund them and to pursue the interest of self-enrichment. The, dis the dysfunctionality of the police has been laid bare for all of us to see during this pandemic. It has been shown that South African police were never at any stage capable of resolving policing problems in this country. When the president prematurely opened the sale of alcohol, we knew that there would be pandemonium in this country because the police do not even know where the illegal alcohol selling spots are. And when they know, they are actually an enablers of the illegality. As it was shown, it was the police who were using police vehicles to transport alcohol to illegal shipping owners when alcohol was banned for the first time. More tricky, it is right under the watch of the police that we have seen the escalation of gender-based violence in this country. The police are incapable of investigating and bringing perpetrators of this violent gender a violent gender-based crimes to justice. Many of these cases go unreported because women in this country have little faith in the police and that in some instance, it is the police themselves who perpetrate this various crime. We know that uh, it is the police who consistently harass sex workers who make their lives a living hell every day. To this day, we do not know what happened to Robin Mutsumi who died in police custody in Mowbray Police Station. What we need during this period is a rapid restructuring of the police. While our approach to fighting crime must take consideration that crime is a socio-economic consequence and should be fundamentally uprooted by economically developing our communities and providing criminals with quality jobs and careers, there must be actions taken daily to make criminals pay. There must be satellite police stations that are open 24-7 in every ward of the country where there currently is no police station. This will allow the police to zoom in on criminal hotspots and apprehend criminals much quicker. Each police station must have officers with specialized skills to deal with cases of sexual violence against and abuse of women and children to support victims. There's a need to retrain all police officers so that they are able to process and investigate sexual violence and intimate partner violence crimes in a way that take cognizance of short-term and long-term mental and physical health of the victim. The police are unable today to deal with organized crimes in an effective manner because, because many of them are in the pockets of drug lords. There must be thorough audit on the lifestyle of, of police, more especially 
those serving in drug-infested areas such as the Cape Flats. The budget does not appreciate the mess we are in as a country as a result of crime. Even though there is an upward adjustment to the budget, there is no adjustment on the strategy. Now, Honorable Chair, allow me to make this closing remark on, or, or, as, as I close. The problem is that we've got a social light type of a minister who goes and makes premature pronouncements on finalization of criminal matters that never come to be finalized. The issue of Senzo Meiwa, the, the minister made pronouncements on that. It has never been finalized. We've got an issue of Lithogonolo Kenneth Mafetha, a young boy from Limpopo province who died in November. Three, he was discovered three days later. The family went on to identify that this is our child. Up nine months later, the selfless body of a young boy lives in a mortuary because the police are saying they're still busy doing DNA tests. How do you continue the process of DNA when the family has positively identified that indeed this is one of our own? In closing, Chair, the problem is that the, the, the home affairs system the sooner the home affairs system is linked with the police system so that perpetrators of crime or crime can be finalized much quicker, the better. The EFF rejects this budget. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. Uh, yeah. The next speaker is Josie. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, uh, good afternoon, honorable members. On the onset, let me just uh, give my views and my unsatisfactory views on the services that I had I had to intervene on at the Midlands Police Station when the Midlands communication Midlands community wanted help but they couldn't get, and I had to intervene on that one because there was an old woman who had died on the street of which they wanted to get help on that but they couldn't, and my interventions then, uh, they were helped. Honorable Chairperson, the South African Police Services is one of the few departments whose budget was adjusted upwards. We extend our appreciation to the SAPS officers who are serving and protecting communities as they are at the forefront of the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. While these adjustments to the SAPS budget is nominal, any contribution to the resources that support effective policing is welcome. However, Chairperson, we are concerned about the impact of the reallocation of funds on certain SAPS programs, especially those related to modernization. SAPS reduced the planned 45 sites for implementation of the digital radio communication infrastructure uh, to only three. This is extremely worrying because communi communication is an important element of effective policing. We welcome the additional of over 300 members of the Family Violence, Child Protection and Sexual Offenses Units and the progress regarding the recruitment of an additional 7,000 members of SAPS. Furthermore, we urge that the SAPS revise its target regarding gender-based violence to reflect the agency of the situation. Chairperson, the IFP welcomes the appointment of Ms. Jennifer as executive director of IPID. After the position was vacant for over a year, however, the process around, uh, however, the process surrounding the appointment raises some concern, but at least finally stability can be restored to this key entity in holding the SAPS 
to account and addressing the backlog of cases which have not been resolved and families to also receive closure with their loved ones and prosecution of those police who have committed those criminal acts. Indeed, we will support the proposed amendment to the IPID Act that would secure the independence of IPID and lend clarity to the executive director appointment process. Chairperson, we cannot tolerate SAPS officers who believe that their uniform and their firearm allow them to break the law and to disregard our constitution and human rights values, because that is just criminality hiding behind police uniform. Uh, with this budget, we hope to see effective policing and more reduction on crime and critical attendance on the gender-based violence. Um, the Collins Cosa case should remind all law enforcement that torture is prohibited and that human rights must be protected in all circumstances. The IFP is pleased to note that the IP budget was not revised downwards and this budget is already strained. In closing, Chairperson would say that uh, no society can achieve its full potential when they live in fear of criminals. Uh, the IFP accepts this budget. I thank you. Malbongwe, Kamale IFP. Malbongwe. Order, Honorable Member. I recognize the Honorable P.J. Groenewald. Achbare voorzitter, ik wil beginnen om te zeggen dat die Vrijheidsfront Plus verwelkom die benadering ten opzichte van plaatsmoorden. Ons vech al sierder tegen in 1997 deurlopend. In 2017 het ons selfs daarin geslaag om een speciale debat te kry in die parlement oor plaasmoorde en dat die vruchten nou geplukt word. Ek is ook dankbaar dat daar van die politiese kant af nou daadwerkelijke optredens is. Ek was reeds gekontak en ek weet dat daar nou beweging is om landelijke beveiliging op te scherpen. Chairperson said that 3,7 billion rand has been added to the budget of police in this specific adjusted budget. But Chairperson, the people of South Africa wants to see results. And unfortunately, I must say that the conduct of some of the police members is not conducive for trust from the public in the police. Just yesterday, four members of police appeared in court in Stofontein because they were involved with illegal cigarette trade. And we know there are many good members of the police services who serve the public well. And I always say that we salute them because they are dedicated to fight crime. But unfortunately, these bad apples are still too many in the basket. And we must get rid of them and speedily get rid of them. But it must not only be lip service, it must be serious. And this example of yesterday is an example that there are certain steps taken against those members. On gender violence, I want to say 
Honorable Chair, that it is not only the task of the police services to fight that. It's a social problem as well. And the community must also play their role and come to the party. But yes, it is the criminal justice system that is really failing the women and children in South Africa when it comes to gender-based violence. And the reason I say that, yes, the police is also guilty. There are too many cases where we have to hear that people are just and women are just turned away from the police station when they want to come and lay a charge against whoever is guilty of gender-based violence. That must stop. So we must ensure that the criminal justice system must be upgraded to ensure that there are certain convictions and examples made of those people. I also want to say, Honorable Chair, that I am worried if I look at the adjusted budget that the communication systems of the police are now downgraded. And I think it's a vital part of good policing and ensuring that we can fight crime. Last week, will I say, Akbar Voorzitter, that the Freiheitsfront Plus will voortgaan on the leaders of the police who hard work to salieer, but will ernstig voortgaan om kritiek uit te spreek en te verseker dat van die vrot appels ontslaag geraak word. En dit geld ook vir die optrede vir ochend my kaapstad wat onaanvaard is vir die vrouw. Ek dankie. Barwar. Honorable member, your time is expired. Thank you. I now request the Honorable Jainke to continue presiding over this session as I introduce the Honorable Deputy Minister of Police. Honorable Deputy Minister of Police. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, ministers present, Deputy Ministers, the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Jumat, and the other committee members, MECs, members of Parliament, the National Commissioner, and the leadership of SAPS. <coughs> I would like to indicate that led by the Minister and the National Commissioner, we will continue to intensify our approach on rural safety strategy and engage further with organized agriculture like Tau, etc., in our fight against farm attacks. We have been doing that, we'll continue to do that. To reaffirm what the Minister said, the prevention of police killings and their protection as frontline workers in the enforcement of regulation and crime prevention has more than ever before prompted the need to ensure the implementation of the police safety strategy and implementation plan, which have already been approved by the National Commissioner. A monitoring tool has been developed to monitor implementation of the plan at all levels. We are also conscious of the stressful nature of the work performed by our members and the impact this may have on their mental and emotional health. As a result, we are ensuring that our members and other mental support in order to build resilience and strength. Our members who test positive continue to receive 
all the necessary support and those who recovered are immediately reintegrated and deployed to various posts in order to keep our primary objective realizable. The health and well-being of our officers is our top priority because we cannot afford to close. The 2016 work study on the possible establishment of such medical wing must be revived further and finalized without any delay. Chairperson, notwithstanding the challenges posed by the virus, we are also at work against crime, criminals that abuse and harass and kill women and children in our country. A total of 127 cases related to GBV and femicide were reported just in the last three months. As we said before, we will relentlessly hunt for the perpetrators with everything at our disposal. Honorable members, during the 2020 State of the Nation Address, His Excellency the President announced the establishment of a crime detection university to enhance the quality of general and specialized investigations within SARS. To this effect, the Ministry of Police led an international benchmarking exercise to identify best practices associated with the establishment of the Detective Academy and the skills development of police investigators. We have conducted a feasibility study regarding the establishment of a crime detection university as announced by the president. We are pleased to report that the establishment of the academy will be underway in the short to medium term. Of course, taking into consideration some delays caused by the COVID epidemic. Two meetings have already been held with the Department of Higher Education, Science and Technology on the establishment of such an academy as a university in the long term. The SAPS management is considering the recommendations of that consultation in taking the process forward. The issue of crime prevention and crime combating requires everyone to make a contribution. We need all stakeholders to partner with us in order to ensure the safety and security of our people. Hence, we continue to find mechanisms to improve the involvement of all. Some of these are the following. Safer City Framework, which is an initiative that unites a variety of related organizations and departments at city level to deliver coordinated, integrated, and community-related services as one of the interventions that must be employed to fight and prevent crime. We have so far identified the following pilot cities for the implementation of the Safer Cities Framework during the 2020-2021 financial year. Johannesburg, Tuani, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Whitbank, Bloemfontein, Durban, Polokwani, Kimberley, and Rustenburg. The environmental design in most of the historically disadvantaged communities especially in the Western Cape and most of the invaded land, hinders effective policing. Our police officers are expected to effectively police highly densely populated areas where there are no roads, no street addresses, no street lights, and no street cameras. Therefore, the environmental design in most policing precincts need to be improved for better policing across provinces. We therefore call upon all strategic partners, including provincial governments, to work with us in building safer and secure communities where everyone is able to walk, 
the streets without fear. To deal with this challenge and many others related, the informal settlement framework, safety framework has been developed. As part of our continuous efforts to ensure a joint approach to crime prevention and crime combating, we are also implementing the community policing strategy and communities in blue policing concept. The strategy is aimed at reaffirming the government's commitment to building safer communities through community policing partnerships and to further operationalize the concept of community policing with a view of stimulating active citizenry and citizen participation in the fight against crime. The sub 2020-2021 annual performance plan prioritized the implementation of the community in blue concept in all nine provinces, the implementation of the traditional policing concept in three provinces over the medium term, and the safer city framework in 10 pilot cities as indicated. The crime and violence perpetrated in schools is increasing sharply and we are working with the Department of Basic Education, teachers and SGBs to address the situation. Our inspectorate division is now up and active and it will be capacitated during the next few months to perform inspections at all our operational centers and investigate any form of policy transgressions. The division will also inspect community complaints, undetected cases, compliance with subs discipline and operational standards and therefore make findings with recommendations to the minister and the National Commission. <coughs> In an effort to address the proliferation of firearms, a total of 55,000 firearms were destroyed in the 2019-2020 financial year. A further 33,000 firearms were destroyed in the first part on 2020-2021 financial year, which fits well with the International Firearm Destruction Day that is held on the 9th of July every year. Preparations are in place to have the second destruction later in the year. Parliament approved firearm amnesty for the period 1 December 2019 to 31 May 2020. In terms of Section 132 of the Firearms Control Act, to allow individuals and institutions to surrender firearms without fear of prosecution. The amnesty generated a total of 44,000 firearms, 246 ammunition, and 97 applications for amnesty firearms were received. The Ministry of Police already approached Parliament structures to have another firearm amnesty later in the year to afford individuals and institutions that were affected by restriction movement as a result of COVID-19 an opportunity to fully participate in the process. CIRA continues to strive to be an excellent regulator of the private security industry and must further all efforts of assisting in the protection and safety of our people. The private sector industry must complement our efforts to fight crime and should never be abused to undermine our endeavors. We have published draft regulations on the firearms in the private security industry for comments, and we intend to publish regulations for the use of security equipment to control abuse. Of Mr. Honorable Member, 
Your time has expired. You might take water. <laughs> Thank you. I now call and recognize the ACDP Honorable Bishop. Um, thank you, Chairperson. While the ACDP supports the prioritizing of gender-based violence, we believe that government should also prioritize farm attacks and murders in order to protect food security. All South Africans need food to live, and it is therefore imperative that all food producers and their assistants must be protected so that they can focus on what most of us cannot do, which is to produce food for the nation. In October last year, the City Press spoke of 103,760 criminal cases, which were withdrawn in the previous financial year because of poor investigations. This was 9% more than the figure for the previous year and an all-time low. As a result, over 100,000 South African families who were bereaved, traumatized, and, fin and financially devastated by crime were not given the right of a single day in court. Furthermore, most of those gender-based violence victims who had the courage and determination to lay charges at police stations, to undergo medical examinations, to cooperate with investigating officers and to risk retribution from their perpetrators simply wasted their time because they did not get the desired results. Over 65% of cases involving sexual offenses were withdrawn before they could even be heard in court. It is hardly surprising then that according to Afrobarometer, the SAPS are the least trusted government institution in South Africa. And according to the Global Corruption Barometer Africa, the SAPS is regarded as the most corrupt. In a report on complaints received by them, Corruption Watch says, and I quote, in some cases, we're told that police officers make random stops and searches of pedestrians or motorists for reasons of extortion rather than public duty, close quote. This cancer must be removed from the police. This has seriously repercussions for the nation. As Minister Ronald Lamola himself has pointed out, people used to respect protection orders. It was a big thing. But because of lawlessness, people no longer respect court orders or protection orders. People no longer accept the authority of the state. We fix that by ensuring that when crimes are committed, people are apprehended and they get the necessary sentence. Close quote, that's what the minister said. The ACDP further agrees with Minister Lamola, but we are concerned that government has a lack of political will to apprehend and sentence criminals, particularly those who are politically connected. Rapists know that police detectives are not always equipped to investigate them. And their victims also know that they will probably not find help or comfort from SAPS. Early in September last year, 
Minister Tsele responded to the lack of rape kits at three quarters of the country's police stations by promising that all police stations would have sufficient supplies by the end of October. He explained that rape kits had been shifted to the police stations that were overloaded with rape cases. Chairperson, this is one of the reasons why most cases of GBV are not reported and why, according to one study, only one out of every 25 rapes is reported to the SAPS. Chairperson, even IPED cases have a very low conviction rate, which is a concern to us. I'm, afraid, I'm afraid your time has expired. Thank you, Honorable. Thank you. Thank you. The UDM, the NFP. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to the Minister, Deputy Minister, Commissioners, and all our colleagues out there. Let me start off by paying tribute to the men and women in blue, indeed. They have a very, very difficult task ahead of them. Many of them have lost their lives in the line of duty. Our condolences to their families, and I hope someday we will recognize them for the role that they played in protecting our people. But Honorable House Chair, allow me to give you a quote from the famous Greek philosopher Aristotle. Poverty is the parent of revolution and crime. But let me add even further that the crime researcher Eldred de Klerk, in her research, concluded that poverty and poor service delivery directly impact crime levels, while disparities between the rich and the poor are also to blame. Now, there's a question, there's a reason why I'm actually uh, quoting on this chair. I see that many people are just wanting to blame the South African police service. And so the question I want to ask my colleagues today is this. Did the South African police services create these ghettos? Are they responsible for the sale of these drugs? Are they responsible for abscorning fathers and mothers who don't even pay maintenance and runaways? Are they responsible for the high levels of poverty? Are they the ones giving authority and licenses to these shibins and cabins where 80% of the crimes are coming in? Are they responsible to ensure that, that there's no water, there's no electricity, there's no lights, there's no roads for even the police? Is that their responsibility? Clearly not. So I think what we should be addressing, Honorable Chair, is how do we prevent this? But amidst all this, I want to say to you, I was a victim of crime a couple of weeks ago. But amidst that, there was this one good guy, this boom Tembu who works in our Department of Transport, who found my wallet and made that call for me to be able to get that back. So amongst our city, we have those that are not responsible for crime. And then equally, we have those that are responsible. But what is leading them to become criminals? Are we not going to put some measures in place to try and prevent them? Now, why are we, Honorable Chairperson, legislatures in the highest authority as MPs, MPs, councillors, why are we not taking responsibility for the challenges that are faced? Why are we pushing the buck only to South African police services? It is not their responsibility. What we should be doing is preventing this crime rather than coming after the fact when people are being raped and being done. There is no doubt there is corruption. There's corruption at all levels. 240 billion is lost at local tender levels. We have what it takes within us as legislators to change that. Are we doing it? No. But South African police services must be now tasked on doing that. It is not their responsibility. So I think what we need to do is focus our attention 
or how we can create a safer and better society rather than blaming each other so that our people can be safe and, and, and live a better quality of life. The National Freedom Party supports this adjustment budget. Thank you very much. Shake, shake. I now recognize uh, Honorable Mufukeng from the African National Congress. Honorable Mufukeng. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Ministers and Deputy Ministers and Honorable Members. We welcome and support the revised budget vote 28 of Police Department, the declaration of the national state of disaster and the nationwide lockdown meant that law enforcement agencies will have to play a, a critical role within their constitutional and legislative mandate to enforce compliance with regulations developed by government in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Inevitably, the police and other law enforcement agencies as the defense force are mandated to enforce the law during the lockdown. The purpose of all the regulations by government is to ensure the safety of citizens and that regulatory protocols are adhered to in order to save lives of our people. We are aware of the allegations of police brutality, especially during the lockdown that are made in the public through various platforms. We urge the IP to act without fear or favor in ensuring that law does take its course. We stand for the protection of the rights of the South African people. And as such, we urge everyone, including police, to act within the parameters of the law. We know that there has not been a budget cut in this revised budget for the independent police investigative directorate. The revised budget record variants in the allocation of IP, which are around to 4.8 million, mainly for procurement of personal protective equipments. Within the program of investigation and information management program, during the budget review recommendation report of 2019, the committee made some recommendation with, with regard to IP. Among this recommendation is the strengthening of the audit action plan in line with the opinion of the Auditor General. The committee also recommended the implementation of consequence management against officials who make or permit irregular or fruitless wasteful expenditure. The major concern for the committee was the instability in the executive management of IPIT. We then recommended that the Minister of Police should finalize the appointment of a permanent executive director for IPIT as a matter of agency. Today, as we engage in the debate on budget vote of the department, we applaud the appointment of the executive director, uh, which is Mrs. Jennifer Dikeledi Ntlase, this is a significant appointment because in the history of IPIT, there has never been a woman appointed as its executive director. This is a true story of a woman empowerment and investment, investment of a gender equality led by the African National Congress government. We are aware that there are some in our society, few as they are, who have expressed reservation regarding his, this historic appointment. But for us as the ANC, we appreciate the process followed and appointment, the appointment that has been made of the IPIT head. The new head of IPIT met all the criteria in the advertisement of the post 
besides her strong legal qualifications and 21 years in the community safety environment, she has, among other things, developed the facilitation of relations between South African police services. She has, amongst others, uh, made sure that she works with communities, and she was the director of community police relations in the Department of Community Safety in Haujem province. This attests to the strong attributes of the new IPID head. It is common cause that police alone cannot defeat crime. Police need the cooperation of the community in the fight against crime. It is this relation between police and the community that will ensure that negative perception towards police by some members in the community will be reduced. As we move forward, we reiterate that IP as an independent police oversight body requires stability in its leadership and investigations. It is a critical part of the quality assurance that is needed to ensure public trust in police official and it is uh, so that it can be successful. In conclusion, Chair, for our part of the police uh, portfolio committee on police, we must ensure that some of the gaps identified in the IP Act be addressed as soon as possible. There is a need to strengthen the act in advancing accountability and good governance. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Mufukeng. I now recognize the AIC. COPE, PAC. The next speaker will be Honorable Faku from the African National Congress. Honorable uh, Chairperson, Faku. Chairperson. Oh, good. Yes, it seems that we are elected. We've got two members in this house. So please recognize us, Chairperson. I recognize you. Thank you, Chair. I didn't have your Honorable. name. You are recognized. Thank you. Honorable Chair, as we consider the police budget today, it is vital we remember that SAP's core mandate is to prevent, combat, and investigate crime. The police is responsible for maintaining public order and to keep people and their possessions safe. Yet it is unfortunate that our people feel the opposite of safe and protected. Crime only ever seems to become a bigger problem. Our collective failures to stem the epidemic of violence against women and children is a disgrace. We have the right to protest, but every day we see more violent protests, the destruction of more property, more injuries, more loss of life. Let us ask ourselves, are we getting real policing for the amount of money spent by the departments? We can't avoid crime. It is all around us. We brush shoulders with lawbreakers every day on our way to the shop, on our way to school, or even in our own homes. We are deliberating on a budget today, but our citizens don't want to hear about costs. Chair, we read about additional police being deployed to our most dangerous communities, particularly the Cape Flats. But where are they? Where are they when most needed in our townships? Do they have zero capacity to stop the violence on our farms? If we must hear about numbers, tell us how many police officers are deployed, where, per 100,000 citizens, with how many vans. As we go into another weekend when most violent crimes occur, how many police officers are currently deployed to the Cape Flats today? What are the official orders to fulfill the mandate in our hotspots? 
Do our communities get regular info on what to do when a shooting occurs or if robbery takes place? These are the real issues that our communities face with and experience. How can we tell if this budget is sufficient when on the ground our people must listen to excuses from police, such as having access to a car? And far too many examples of police stations who are understaffed and police being unable to tend to murder cases because they are at another accident scene. Without real knowledge and context, budget-making processes can become meaningless box-ticking exercises. With billions already spent, but South Africans still cannot feel the impact of this money. Good is committed to a budget that can reduce violent and petty crime and protect all South Africans in our towns, cities, and rural areas. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Good Honorable Faku. Uh, thank you, Chairpersons, uh, Honorable Members, um, Deputy Ministers, President, Ministers, President. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I think, Chairperson, is it, it's important that we send our heartfelt condolences to the family of Nogozolo Tombo from Kuguletu, who was brutally murdered in Kuguletu on Monday. But we want to also thank the uh, Western Cape Commissioner for making sure that the case number was sent to the family today. We want to thank and we hope that her soul may rest in peace. Honorable Chairperson, President said, open quote, men in our country have declared war on our women. Gender-based violence and femicide is a deadly pandemic sweeping across our country. Our women and children are losing their lives in unbelievable, cruel and brutal ways. Since the start of the national lockdown, the police received 87,000 gender-based violence calls in the, first, in the first week of the lockdown, the rate in which intimate partners murdered women is five times higher than the global average. Honorable Chairperson, we mourn the victims who have died in the hands of intimate partners during the national lockdown. On the 20th of July, a 19-year-old Akonamnube from Sweetwaters was beaten to death by her boyfriend. He was arrested and a case of murder was opened. On the same day, a Hamas crown mother and a six-year-old son were set on fire by her ex-boyfriend. After an argument, as community members tried to extinguish the fire, they burned on to death. He was arrested by the police. In May, Mungiseli Gada was murdered by her boyfriend. Her corpse was found in a bed covered with garbage in Kailicha. He was arrested. We convey our heartfelt condolences to the families of these women and countless who have paid with their lives in senseless acts of brutality. We salute survivors of gender-based violence and those who broke the silence and told their stories. We salute Karabom Sisu, who was set alight by her boyfriend, who poured paraffin over her and light a match. She, she had serious burns over her body but survived. We wish her speed recovery. Her boyfriend was tracked down by the police and arrested. Constable of Uwa Ramafamba from Buwani Police Station had the courage to tell a story of living with a, an abusive partner. She almost lost her life after brutal beating by her, but survived. Sango Malanga Libalele escaped an abusive partner who later stabbed his new girlfriend to death. Honorable Chairperson, Minister Kele addressed police officers early this month. He has urged police officers to leave no stone unturned to bring perpetrators to book and prioritize investigating gender-based violent cases during the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. He further urged police officers to treat victims of gender-based violence with respect and call on them not to 
and call on them not to send them to, to, to negotiate, but to arrest perpetrators. The minister spoke about the Kailisha woman that was turned away twice when wanting to report an alleged uh, an alleged rape at a, pol- a local police station. This is truly unacceptable. The Western Cape Police Commissioner General Matakata committed herself to finalize disciplinary investigation. We await the outcome of the investigation and we want these officers to be punished. I want to echo the commitment made by Cabinet to fully implement a range of intervention developed from the National Strategic Plan on gender-based violence and femicide. Honorable Chairperson, we salute dedicated police officers working tirelessly to bring perpetrators of gender-based violence and femicide to We call on the Department of Justice to oppose bail on domestic, uh, sorry, to oppose bail in all domestic violence cases. We therefore support this budget vote. Chairperson, I just want to say to Honorable... I now recognize Al Jama. Al Jama, not there. Akbar Eter Blanche from the DA. Oui, okay. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, fellow South Africans. The emergence of the COVID-19 virus in our country compelled government to take urgent action to respond to this inevitable health pandemic. The president declared a national state of disaster on the 15th of March and the Minister of Finance followed with a supplementary budget to fund government's revised strategy. We are gathered here today, Chairperson, to debate the police's amended plans annual and also their 2020-2025 strategic plans. Chairperson, the police is a very important department. Um, it a fact that is underlined by the way it was treated during this exercise. It is one out of only seven budget votes that were revised upwards. An allocation, additional allocation of 3.7 billion was added to their budget and I, for one, would have loved to support it without hesitation. Unfortunately, looking at the detail and more specifically what is happening on the ground leaves me with no other option but to strongly object to the revised budget. Yet another example of the incapable state. Chairperson charity begins at home. All peace-minded South Africans certainly expected that all possible precautionary measures would have been taken to provide police officials with adequate personal protective equipment. This is of utmost importance to ensure their protection while they are putting their own lives on the line, protecting others. On the 10th of July, 2020, the Minister of Police announced on virtual platform that more than 5,000 security personnel have been infected with COVID-19 virus and 36 lost their lives. He updated during his speech to 10,095. Various police stations are closing down daily due to infections. This situation is a clear indication that the police are failing their own members, let alone the community they are supposed to protect. The police are interacting with the public on a daily basis at roadblocks, vehicle checkpoints, etc. Now, if the police officials are not properly protected against infections themselves and not always observing basic safety protocols, 
we are running a real risk that the police themselves may even contribute to the spreading of the virus. A guiding principle, Chairperson, for most police services around the world is to protect and serve their respective communities. South Africans, however, are experiencing an unprecedented increase in violence by security forces during the enforcement of COVID-19 quarantine regulations. Chairperson, the Independent Police Investigation IPAD tabled the following shocking statistics on the 10th of July during the adjusted budget presentation to the Portfolio Committee on Police. The total intake by IPAD during lockdown are a whopping 1,647 cases. The breakdown is as follows. Assault, 1,180 cases. Discharge, official firearm, 242 cases. Death as a result of police action, 76 cases. Death in police custody, 44 cases. Of these cases, 645 relate directly to COVID-19. Assault once again, 499 cases. Discharge of official firearms, 116 cases. Corruption, 13 cases. Death as a result of police action, 11 cases. Chairperson, the aforementioned is definitely not the result of a police service living the principle to protect and to serve, but rather waging a war against the citizens of this country we are who are on their way to buy food medication walking their dogs exercising etc chairperson i'm not surprised about this because this department is led by a minister behaving like rambo a man who told police officials that to destroy uh, selling liquor a self-made general who promotes the enforcement of the law by brutal force instead of executing the law with empathy Another product of the incapable state. Voorzitter, Suid-Afrika is gerechtig of beter. Die blote voordierende toename van begrotings koop nie vir ons beter polisering nie. Daadwerkelijke aksie is nodig om die politie te hervorm tot een professionele, effectieve misdaadvoorkomingsorganisatie wat die veiligheid van alle Suid-Afrikaners sal verseker. Wat een omgeving sal skep waar ons vrouwens en kinders weer veilig kan rondbeweeg en mense op plaas hulle kan stoespits op die verbouwing van voedsel om die nasie te voed. Voorzitter, hierdie voorgestelde begroting bring ons niks nader aan die bereiking van hierdie ideaal nie. Die DA, voorzitter, ondersteun nie hierdie begroting nie. Ek dankie. Dankie, Agbare. I now recognize that my part is from the African National Congress. Agbare, my part is... First Chair, thank you very much. Uh, salutations have been made. Uh, Honorable Chair, I just want to remind Honorable Whitfield that maybe he doesn't know about the rural safety strategy. That is why Honorable Grunewald understand it better because he has not been part of uh, the processes. The, the killings in the farms does not exclude our people who are being killed every day. So the strategy is to deal with the killings of the farm workers also. 
but it does not exclude also our people. The, the, the killings in the townships also, Chair, for the police not to make immediate arrest. It is because of the same apartheid environmental design that they created our areas in a way that is, it is a dumping place. So sometimes it is difficult for the police to make quick arrest or to move in within uh, the, the houses because it's, it's, a, it's a environment that is not uh, conducive for the police to, to operate. Honorable Tara Blanche, you see during the, lock, the, the, the lockdown, we did receive reports and we discussed these reports in the portfolio committee and we instructed the IP to make sure that all these allegations of brutality, they receive the necessary attention. And we're also calling on the members of the public to conduct themselves in line with the prescriptions and prescriptions of the regulations during uh, the, the lockdown. Again, if you talk about the brutality, you forget that the same metropolis in Cape Town they violated the regulations, evicted a man naked. You know, that is not correct, but you are able to say what happened in the, during the lockdown is not correct. Yes, it's not correct, but you even during the regulations are saying you cannot evict. You go there even a naked person, but you got your match because that person fought you and he went back to that to his, to his uh, uh, shed. Honorable uh, Chair, we are also concerned about the report cases of gender-based violence and femicide in the past few weeks. As a committee, we have recommended that SAPS revise all its targets for gender-based violence and increase it to reflect a priority in line with the president's priority, including those in the visible policing programs dealing with violence against women and children. And we also urge the department to monitor the health of such members with a view of reducing the spread of COVID-19 pandemic amongst police officers and at police station. Our goal is the safety of people of South Africa. Once again, as the ANC, the president last night in his address to the nation drew the nation to the concerning matter of allegation of corruption in the procurement process in the state response to COVID-19 pandemic. The president said that government have established a collaborative and coordinating center to strengthen the collective efforts among law enforcement agencies so as to prevent, detect, investigate, and prosecute COVID-related corruption. This is the government that is listening that is the government of the people. So as the ANC, once again, we support budget vote 28 of the Department of Police. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mapato. I now recognize uh, the Minister of Police, the Honorable Minister. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, the issue of the safety and the farm killings cannot be separated to the safety of all South Africans. There are special ways, as Mr. 
Kuhne Wald, Dr. Kuhne Wald, who said maybe uh, the honorable member, Mr. Holfrich, doesn't understand because it, knew, it, knew, it looks like it's a new terrain that they have just come about. We have been working with other parties, political parties, uh, on this matter. Uh, indeed, is one of the serious ones. I, I wouldn't understand anybody who's got an issue in fighting gender-based violence. Uh, I hope gender-based violence remains a priority for all of us. Police can do this. Uh, I hear Umfundis Mashwe. Uh, I will remember, I will remind him that this gender-based violence is a problem even in the church. That's why there are cases going on in, in, of the abuse in PE. I will call on him to also not call on the police, call on the society, but also call on the church to say all people must really respect and work hard towards the betterment and safety of, 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 of the women. So this is one issue I would really request everybody to less uh, politicize it. To say uh, police are not doing their work. Many members of the South African police are doing their work. That's why, Chairperson, uh, there is an overpopulated uh, community in prisons, in correctional service. That's why they are 37% overpopulated. Those people don't march to, to prison. They are sent by the members of the South African police after having done their beautiful work. In Vin, in the gender-based violence, we've got 4,728 people that are doing life, not just in prison, but they are doing life. That is a good work that is done by the, the, the members of the South African police. Uh, on, on, on this one, on Honorable uh, Mr. Terry Blush, I'll call him only Honorable because we are here, and it's prescribed that I call him Honorable. Uh, if I get here, he knows how I'll call him. That gentleman was a member of the South African Police General. He messed up in the police. He supposed him and his friend who was found guilty for corruption and was very close to him. That corruption okay. did not correct it. And then he left the police having not done things that he was supposed to do. He left <clears throat> to build the police station that he was supposed, but he messed up on money. So I'm not going to. Here is, is honorable, but let's get out of here and remind him who he is. He's correct to come here and talk a lot of what has Wokwash that has spoken because he's supposed to have done his work and he must go back and correct that in his case. But otherwise, uh, I'll be fine. I'll thank the members that I've worked with, uh, the, the, all the members that we have, worked, we, we, we have worked with, the National Commission of the South African Police, the heads, of the entities, the deputy minister, and the, everybody that together we have worked to make this work uh, happen. That will include the, the, the person that keeps us working in this lockdown home, uh, Mrs. Kele, who takes us uh, and make sure that we are all uh, taken care of. Uh, but uh, the members that have uh, supported, we, we believe will work together to improve the policing and make sure that all South Africans are safe. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Uh, members, that concludes the debate and the virtual mini plenary. And accordingly, the mini plenary is adjourned. I thank you.